0: And welcome to another episode of Trash Trash or or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps,
1: reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy, what did we read this week? We read The Morning Gift by Eva Ibbotson, which was a recommend from Tara.
0: About 10 months ago. Oh. It's been a long potentially time. longer than that. Yeah. I feel like
1: COVID was still a really, really, really big was restriction on our lives. Right? Yeah, when Tara recommended it,
0: it just took ages to get to because it just seemed very heavy. And every time I went to pick it up, I was like, "Oh, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm in that headspace."
1: I thought it would be. A because of how it begins in like Vienna in the early night, like the 1930s. I was yes. Like, or oh, I'm not ready for a book about the Holocaust. No, neither was I. <laughs> and then we were like, that. We, this is getting silly. Just... It was. We reached a point where we were like, we have to read this book. So, Kimberly, you're going to do the spoiler-free recap. I sure am going to do the spoiler-free recap. And I'm going to insert character names into your <laughs> spoiler-free recap. Yes, which is important and because I can't remember their names. So we open in Vienna in. I think it's about 1937. It's right before the Anschluss, which was the like Nazi. It wasn't so much. Was it an invasion takeover? You
0: can't absorption? mention the invasion. That's a spoiler. Oh, ha 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 ha! It's not. I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Vienna.
0: Imagine if people were like, "What? There's a war? It affected <laughs> Vienna."
1: on the eve of world war 2 and yeah. who are our main characters in our premise
0: so our main characters are essentially a family a jewish family living in vienna the father is a academic an eminent, highly respected academic. Eminent. In eminent rather than imminent. Well,
1: <laughs> the imminent war is on an, an eminent academic. He's in something like paleontology or zoology. Yes, that's right. And
0: and our main kind of character, our
1: protagonist all the way through is his daughter, Rose? Ruth? Ruth, oh, I was Burgers. so. close. So there's her mum, Leonie Berger. Yes. Dad, Kurt, pr- the professor, and yeah. Ruth Berger. Yeah. And she's grown up in these very. Musical, very academic and quite privileged circles in Vienna. Very, very
0: privileged in Vienna (laughs) and very wealthy and very very well respected. And they go kind of essentially to what I imagine is like the Cotswolds for their vacations and it's just all beautiful and idyllic and that's what her upbringing is. So the book starts in her upbringing. We get to see her kind of fast-forward montage through her younger years as the war and then as the war starts to approach. And so she is in love with her they call him her cousin, but I always get confused He's about It's not really. He's, He's not like really. someone's
1: by marriage relation distantly like sixteen yes. teeth down the tree. Heine.
0: Heine is his name and he is a uh is a virtuoso on the piano.
1: From a very young age. From he's, a super young age. She's Hungarian.
0: And she isn't musically gifted. She's very clever, but she's not musically gifted, but she is a great and deep appreciator of music and of musical talent. So she has just this awe and this respect and this absolute delight in Heine's musical gift. And so she loves being kind of, he calls her his His starling, starling, um, who kind of inspires her the way for a
1: Mozart related reason.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, so that's kind of her. Her, like, little idyllic life that she lives in.
1: When she was – when they were young, the professor got lots of visitors, and one of those visitors was uh, English.
0: She kind of knows. She's met this academic, this English academic. Quinton Somerville. Yeah. And then the war arrives, and Quinton travels to – or is coming from one of his digs, like his kind of field – expeditions or whatever, and stops into Vienna to accept an award. or An honorary honorary, professorship. Yeah. And he's excited to stop in because he is looking forward to seeing Professor Burgess and his family because he had had a nice summer with them many years ago when Ruth was a child. So she's kind of now, I guess, in her late teens, early 20s, I guess. He met her first when
1: she was like 15 and she's 20. Yeah. She's about to basically start universe. Yes.
0: He arrives in Vienna to accept this professorship and wants like the burgers aren't there and he's sort of like, well, where is everybody? Like where is he? No one's talking about. No. Them. And in the end someone tells him that once the Nazis occupied Vienna, there was a law passed that if you were a Jewish person you couldn't hold a position like chancellor of a university or a professor or whatever. And so the burgers had had to flee Vienna. So he went to their home to kind of see if they were still there or if he could catch them or whatever. And he finds Ruth there on her own. She had been sent ahead, but because to the England. laws to England, but the the laws had changed and paperwork that didn't exist or wasn't required when she left was then required and so she was turned back at the border. So her family got out but she's trapped and so the only way out that they can see because he then goes to the embassy and is like I'll get you out don't worry about it but there was there is no loophole there's no way for him to get her out except if they are married and so Ruth and Quinton get married and he talks about a tradition where royalty would marry far beneath them, and then the next day you would give them – the next morning you would give your wife, your new bride, a very expensive gift. It was called the morning gift. Like a severance gift. It was like a severance. (laughs) It was essentially saying – we are married, but you will have no – our children will not inherit. You do not share my position or my status. Like you are not being welcomed kind of into my world, but we are married. So it was this kind of like consolation prize that you got the next day. Anyway, so they went randomly talk about that becomes important later on. Also,
1: it relates to the title of the book.
0: Yeah, which I was like, what is the morning gift? And then I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. So they then travel to – and he's much older. That's important. He is much older
1: and very worldly. He's about 10 years older than her.
0: Yeah. And so – and just – and much more, I guess, his worldview is broader. He has traveled more, obviously being a man too, but she was raised in a very – this kind of bubble of privilege she was raised in was very protected. She was very protected. So she has a kind of exuberance and naivety that kind of pervades her
1: character, I guess. But he's basically landed gentry, isn't he? He's got a yes. big estate up in yes. Northumberland. He's- but he doesn't
0: really believe in
1: that kind of inherited
0: things and he's going to sell the estate to the National Trust or give it away to the National Trust or whatever. And he's
1: a has a chair at a university and yes. is like the most respected professor of Paleontology in the country. Yeah. And so
0: they use this kind of trick to get them back to England and then he's like, I'll get my lawyers to annul or whatever we have to do to dissolve the marriage now that you're here. Her family arrives safe. It's all fine. They're living in the... Somewhere in London. There's a whole bunch of refugees who had escaped from...
1: It's a big refugee community and it's a sort of working class area of London. Yes,
0: but it's very different to what they are... Yes, accustomed to or were accustomed to in Vienna. And so that's kind of it. Then she goes off to university. That happens to kind of end up being – it wasn't where she applied and she gets accepted in the end to a university that he also is the chair, like has a chair at or is the professor of or whatever. And
1: it's his university. It's his dun dun university. Dun, 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 which means their
0: paths must cross. Yes, and she takes his courses and it's not that big a like, cohort, so – it, yeah, then many, many reasons for their paths to cross. Heine gets trapped in Hungary. Hungary. And so she's trying to get him home and, you know, sponsor him to come to England. Because love. Because love. And so she talks about Heine all the time. And, and he is old and crotchety and wants nothing to do with her. And Who? Heine? You no, no. Somerville. Somerville is yeah, all crotchety Quinn. and is He's like. Honest.
1: But basically, everyone loves Ruth.
0: Yes, everywhere she goes everyone loves her and so he's like get rid of Ruth and everyone's like what have you got against Ruth. So there is a little bit of like a in love with the professor thing happening but they kind of just keep their distance. She's just trying to keep her distance from him to not be a burden. You
1: probably have to stop now. It's kind of it. Mention the Veruca. It's not Veruca.
0: Uh there's and there's another girl who's decided that she is going
1: to she's the daughter yeah. of the Head of the university, the chancellor of the
0: university. So there's kind of there's a bit of like university drama. She wants to drama. capture Quinn yeah. as a husband. Yeah, that's kind um, of it, really.
1: I need to get a name right. Verena. Verena. There we go. That's, that's it. enough. Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Great. And Amy, over to you. What did you think ultimately in the end after we finally got around to reading the morning gift?
1: I had a lot of thoughts about it. Like I've never actually written this many notes that's about of notes. any of the things that yeah. we've read. There were there was lots that I really liked. About it, Mm. but then there were some things that challenged me. So I have sort of mixed feelings about it. I really enjoyed this sort of like it's happening at a period of time and in circumstances that actually are quite tragic. But there were all these little moments of gentle comedy and sweetness and like golden light. Yeah. So there were, and I there were moments, particularly in that opening sort of setup, once like Ruth is trying to reunite with her parents and her parents are like will we ever see her again back in London where I laughed and I did have a little bit of a cry in that sort of her mum her mum was a great her mum was a
0: really terrific character and she made me she gave a lot of probab- heart she probably
1: made me the most emotional the opening scene setting I thought the way that the world was created in this was fantastic like you could feel that, epically uh-oh, tragic. Uh oh! I hated
0: up. like that kind of. We know it, what's going to happen. Is it literary irony? I don't know what it's. I don't, mm, know, what the I don't know what the device is. is either. But it's that where we know what's coming and the characters don't
1: know yes. what's coming. And, and I was you're like, like oh, oh god, what's going to happen to them? Oh,
0: this is even worse because I know how bad this. Gets and we know that we know what the stakes are, and yep. they
1: don't. Mm. So you could feel that impending tragedy as a reader. And then you've got all of these refugees who hang out in this little cafe in London. And at the beginning, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to have a bit of a cry because I know what your narrative is back. Like, I know what's going to happen." So that creation of whatever the literary devices yeah. that we don't know was really, really effective and very moving. I thought the ensemble of characters were fantastic and I loved that sense of collective community. Yeah. I really liked spending time in the world of the refugees in North London yeah. and all the different characters and then they were like, this is what I was. yeah, And now I'm trying to... Put my life back together. The scraps of my life and and do something. And you've got these characters like up in North of England, Quinn's aunt and relatives are being like, he keeps sending us these refugees. Yeah, I've got a violinist as a chauffeur. Yeah, And then you find out there's actually this really eminently respected violinist who's just trying to make ends meet. A lot of the characters were really interesting and there was a lot of charm to it. I particularly liked Ruth as she grows up. She was naive, but it wasn't irritating she had a bit of spine and she wasn't petty she ultimately she was a good person yeah ruth and i enjoyed spending time with ruth she's makes friends with everyone she's interested she's so grateful for everything and she had a lot of spine except for freaking Heine, <sighs> who i wanted to punch in the face all the time Heine was i'm the gonna worse. come back to heinie and Piney Verena was trash i uncle mishak was i loved such uncle a great mishak. little he said hardly anything but he has this great little presence in this book yep. where he's got about six lines of dialogue yep. he makes friends everywhere like he just, of course wanders, he does. He just goes to the garden and everyone talks and, yeah, to him just his backstory. His so uh, he was set up he always made me smile whenever yeah, uncle mishak yeah. was mentioned and so overall, I thought the writing style was fabulous. Yeah, because it c- managed to create little distinct bubbles of character in yeah. actually not a lot. Heine was annoying from moment one, which is about page four. Yeah, and he, he sticks around.
0: I remember he, I had already finished it, and you were like,
1: "Freaking Heiney!" You were like,
0: "Oh my god, Heiney!" Like, how long is this going to go for? And I'm like, the entire book. Heine the
1: whiny. Heine the whiny. Whiny Heiney. And he, he didn't grow. He no. He was. So selfish. Yeah. He just becomes – he reaches this point of, I was just so infuriated. He's just selfishly exploiting Ruth. He ex- and her family. And the whole family. And they're all like, oh, but he's so talented. But he – ultimately, he expects her to sacrifice everything about Everyone her. Everyone has to sacrifice and everything. And she goes yeah. with it because
0: his music – I was like, oh. Like the whole – And the reason she finally is like, I can't come with you, Heine. It's a no from me. I didn't – I was not – it was no. not good enough for me. No, I wanted I didn't her to like, slap him in the face. But also, I didn't like why. I feel like I can't go into it without it being a spoiler. No, but it's I didn't a major like, spoiler. Yeah, but I didn't like why she did it. That The reason no. she didn't go with him, I didn't like it because it wasn't really about her. It was about just another person that she was going to spend the rest of her life serving, and I didn't like it.
1: He was – I didn't feel like he got resolved in a way that was satisfying, given how irritating and exploitative he was. And I didn't have a lot of patience for how nice everyone was to Heine. Yeah. Like, everyone was so nice. Yeah. And likewise, Verena, who's sort of this, like, self-righteous prat. So whenever they were in the novel, I spent all this time wanting to punch them in their little spoiled faces. Yeah. And get back to the story, the bits that were interesting, yeah. like, you know, Ruth and her friends. So, I think I did find that, like, overall, I felt it was too long. And yes. I think that that's why it was too long. Whenever I had to spend time with Heine the whiney or with Verena the wart, I just was so impatient about having to. Yeah, it was, it was a trial. Spending time in Heine's head was so infuriating. He's such a putz.
0: <laughs> and... And, and everyone, was and so no one really called him out on it. No, every, so it felt I wanted like the someone book was to, like, I oh well, Ruth. he's a person too, and I'm like, oh, Ruth
1: needed to call him out. Yeah, that's what I would have liked. So I found that love triangle tedious, and yes. I just wanted to sort of hang out with the refugees and learn paleontology. Yeah. I had great fun doing those particular things. Yeah, we can't talk about it, but because it's such a spoiler, that ending was a, the last bit towards the ending was a bit of a groan. But I really enjoyed the epilogue. I thought that was fantastic because yeah. it was the ensemble. Yeah, whenever there was, was the ensemble. Together. Yeah,
0: that was lovely, and I was and I needed the epilogue.
1: Yeah, the epilogue was important because yeah. that last like three chapters it was like, oh no, and don't. Also, you know what it was in those that last end of it? It had become a nineteenth-century novel. Yeah, in the way that the mechanization yeah. of how everyone sort of sorts out, and that was like, mm. no, thank you. I I want right. a little bit of like Verena sort of gets dealt with in a way that was more satisfying well it was realistic Heine. it was yeah. it was
0: it was all realistic what happened with them was realistic but you wanted a bit more you wanted a bit more i guess particularly yeah. yeah for
1: Heine. overall i there's lots of it i enjoyed
0: hmm. but i had
1: such Urgh! for Heine, he pulled it down so a lot. You, for would me. you recommend it it's really tricky. It, sti- it sticks in my mind. I quite vividly remember reading it.
0: So it's like you would recommend it for – read it one time. I think time. so.
1: I'd recommend – I think I'd recommend you read it because you'll enjoy Ruth and her collective of characters and there's a lot of beauty and it's really, really well written. There will be things that annoy you so significantly that you won't read it again. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. That, does that make sense? Yes. Okay, great. So, Kimberly. Go. Do you have as many notes as I did?
0: Not really. I think I was a very – I feel like I was quite concise in the way okay. I felt about this book.
1: Right. I, I was really, like writing a note every chapter.
0: That's <laughs> so funny. I really liked her family, loved yes. her family. I really enjoyed the time I spent with them. And I Cafe enjoyed – yeah, I enjoyed Vienna, the creation of Vienna pre-World War Two, and that kind of theme of the end of things and new beginnings. Mm. And I loved Uncle Mishak, loved him, loved him, loved him, and loved his – the resolution of him – as a character was really beautiful. I really liked that. And I liked it because it had this big theme, like it had this big kind of setting of these people's lives were going to change forever and everything they had imagined their life might be was going to be completely turned on its head and you yeah. were really going to have to like think hard about what really mattered to you and what was important about what you were hoping for and dreaming because you were going to need to make changes because you were going to need to adapt to this huge thing that was going to happen with World War Two that was out of your
1: control. So the thing that they were, like, all holding on to family, community.
0: Yes. And...
1: And Leonie in the cafe, who's so annoyed by that old Viennese grandma lady. Yeah. But she's like, no. Yep. Yep. I'm being good. We're focusing on gratitude. Yep.
0: And I... And, you know, the focus that kind of everyone was putting this, not pressure, but kind of pinning their hopes on Ruth as, like, the next generation that she was... Mm. We had to protect her. So I loved that. I thought that was really beautiful. And I liked the kind of really giant world story that we all know and have all this hindsight about but actually like kind of really narrowing that down to the individual people and what their individual experience mm. of that was because it's not macro it's this little micro, micro human, human, story. human story and, and it's eva not... Ibbotson was a refugee so it was like so it's it felt really or- her it felt so authentic because she had kind
1: of been In a similar kind of situation. Yeah. I think Ruth has a bit of her in it.
0: I didn't mind the whole in love with the professor as a as kind of a trope because they don't they don't really do it while they're at university. As in like they kind of actively avoiding him. Yeah. And so that just creates like really cute, funny moments and and he's just actively like I just don't really like her because he likes her, and everyone's like, "I don't understand what you have against her." So it's that kind of that was dealt with in a way that I didn't feel cringy or gross about because yeah. often I can't buy into those kind of narratives. But I feel like they gave they gave Ruth enough time and space to grow up that that didn't feel like by the time it all got resolved, it didn't feel she, yeah, like
1: she was. She had come into her own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I really liked her. I really liked Ruth. I liked her kind of mixture of innocence that wasn't ignorance but seemed to be about the worldview she was choosing to embrace. Mm. And that. And I liked how infectious that was. That's a good word, infectious. Yeah. So what wrecked it for me actually wasn't Heine and What's-Her-Face, Verena, because – I felt like they were just selfish people, and I, just I was okay have to, to spend so much time with yeah I just read over them I heine, heine. Heine's Heine in the middle really he really started to get my goat and I was like, I need you to be gone. and I didn't and I was not satisfied with the resolution, but more because of what it meant for Ruth than what it meant for him. And look, the last quarter of the book wrecked it. It totally wrecked it for me. Uh, it, so it
1: was going real good for the first 75% and then the yeah. last 25 The
0: proper impediment after they were like, actually, because when they, because it takes them quite a long time to be like, actually, I really like you because they don't marry because they like each other. They marry to get her out of Vienna and that just kind of links them together then for a long period of time. So when they finally, a quarter, like three quarters of the way in, are like, yeah, we should be together. Like, yeah. The impediment from then on for them just being was together very was stupid. idiotic.
1: It was <laughs> utterly... It was 19th century novel.
0: Utterly idiotic. It was so terrible that I was like, I felt a bit betrayed because the novel hadn't been stupid up to that point. Dude, it had been quite realistic. And And so, and charming. And so that I was like, no, absolutely let me down in that last quarter of the book. Mm. Then I was disappointed in the whole Heine situation. And I just, I, so I, my kind of walking away from this at the end was quite disappointing. I agree with you that it was kind of brought back and sorted a little bit in the epilogue. Like
1: three page epilogue, which I think shows how good a writer he is. That. No, I think and, she's
0: spectacular. I just wish that had been resolved differently. Yes. So because of that ending, I will not read it again. Mm. It was funny because I had avoided it for so long, concerned about how heavy it was going to be, but it actually wasn't, it was weirdly not. It wasn't not heavy. heavy. At all. The
1: war is very much like it's that last summer yes. before war is declared. Yep. And people are sort of there's this there's this moment where the adults you just can sort of tell, you go into the cafe and the adults are like, hmm. And the author mentions that Mrs. Bates, her son is 18. Yeah, Mrs. So-and-so, her brother is 25. So you're like, ooh, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> so I kind of liked,
0: I, I think that that mixture was, it, at, it, at times it was weird. At times I was like, oh. Things are really serious but then my brain is like they don't know that like these characters have no way of knowing yeah. that. So I thought that <laughs> that was dealt with quite it was actually dealt with quite well. So I don't know. I thought it was really great but for me that last quarter made it. So yes, I would recommend it but I think you'll be disappointed and in... you'll never read it again.
1: Yes. Okay. So we So for align... me it's a trash.
0: But read it, it's a great there's so many wonderful things in it so I would recommend it but I won't read it again.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Mm. Like, in my mind, I remember all the good
0: bits. Same, and I will take away those good bits. And
1: if I – I might read it again. Because but you'll what I'll forget. do is I'll skip the last quarter and I'll, like, yeah. skim, and then I'll go to the epilogue and be like – and I'll probably end up creating my own Heine comeuppance. Yeah, that's right. Someone slaps Heine in the face. Or –
0: I don't think Heine's, his not, fingers really hard. Heine's not a bad person. And for He's me, I wasn't. He's so I didn't, selfish. Well, he is selfish, and I guess that makes you a bad person. But I felt like he behaved in a way that everyone allowed him to behave as well. Like, he there was, was never He was just enabled and enabled and enabled. So you kind of go, well, what do you expect? Who do you expect him to become when that's the context in which he has been raised? At any rate, so that's long but there we are so it's a recommend recommend trash trash on our end
1: yeah what a weird categorization i hope we've justified it but i really
0: i'm glad that i read it so thank you so much for the recommend Taro. at any rate thank you so much for the time that you have spent with us join us again next week we'll bring you more spoiler free recaps reviews and recommendations for whatever we have read and until then happy happy reading. reading